College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk, well, the NCAA championship game. And it was uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, for North Carolina to be up 40-25 to 25 at half, the offensive rebounds, I mean, it was just – Kansas had like a, a few minutes, maybe four minutes start, and that was about it in the first half. As we know, Kansas did make a comeback and even up that score, even took a little bit of a lead. And then it was just tit for tack again, really fun down the stretch. Um, the game, you know, right there in the balance, you know, besides my co-host, if you've paid attention, he is a North Carolina fan. So let's be easy on him tonight, okay? Um, but this is the type of game that you wanted to see down the stretch as a fan. And either team could have gotten the dub here. Pretty crazy how it worked out. We're going to break it all down here. Um, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it dope if you don't want to and download the show there or, or listen to the browser you can find the rope dope radio podcast to listen to the college ball show on apple podcast on iHeartRadio, player fm tune in spricker stitcher amazon music google podcast we're also part of the grueling true sports podcast network and one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. Uh, it's the best of live TV and on demand, no annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee. If you go to the premier package all the way up there, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, who, uh, you know, it's not easy, especially in a game like this, um, to come on the show the next day. So I do appreciate it, sir. How are you hanging in after the ultimate high of Saturday beating the Duke Blue Devils back-to-back times? But, you know, to do it the way you did it on the home floor on Coach K's last home game and then Coach K's last game as a coach to beat him. Um, and then, obviously, the high of the first half and then, obviously, the low part now the next day. How are you hanging in there, man? So I, I, I was having a little uh, therapeutic text session with my best friend who's also a Tar Heels fan. And I, I honestly, I've, I've had someone think, and I'm going to say this, and some people can say, oh, you're full of shit and say what they want, but this is my honest thoughts. Um, if you ask me, like, gun to head, I, I'm pretty happy. And if you would have said at the start of March Masters, start of the year, you have two choices. You could beat Duke in the Final Four, right. or you could win a national title. I, 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 I mean, okay, did I want the Tarios win last night? Hundred percent, yes. But for this team, seventy-two percent. But for this team, who sure um, AC, a, a month you know. ago 
or five weeks ago, Lenardi said wasn't had to win some games to get in the bubble. Like near mid February, they had one quad one win. Like right. I, overall, I'm happy. Like, and I would I would pick um, beating Duke over what a happened? national title against Kansas. Sure. I, I it just because as a, for the rivalry and how big that game was. If, if if you and I are having a beer 10, 20 years down the road, reliving our our podcasting yeah. days, that one means more. Now well, we're going to have national... a podcast special on it. We're not going to be reliving it. We're going to be actually recording. <laughs> so I, you know, but uh, so aside, like the the Duke win that that almost is like a national territorial stand. But just if we're talking about just the game last night, um. I mean, the first half was they, they just continued to just play their ball. And in the second half, there was finally a little bit of our guards who were really carrying us throughout the whole tournament. Again, you beat UCLA, which was a, a star-studded NBA uh, lottery-type team. Duke's got a lot of people. Baylor was a one seed. Like, they, the, the guards were really our strong point with Baycott, who had a hell of a march. Um, our guards got too crazy. That was the one part of the second half I was watching with my dad. And, you know, he's like, hey, March, you know, they're going to make a run. And I, I expected Kansas to make a run. Kansas sure. made a huge run against Miami in the second half of their game uh, a week ago. And they, and they ran him out the gym. So I was like, you know, of course, Kansas, like, they're a good squad. They're going to make a run. But one thing about basketball, and I've learned this because I've had to coach too, um, is sometimes when teams make runs – Carolina did Kansas a lot of favors last night. The the old adage, uh, which I'm getting to, is that sometimes a a bad, a poorly taken shot is giving a team a free fast break. And in the first like four minutes of the second half, Carolina really lost their whole offensive game plan, and it was kind of like hero ball. And the guards got a little bit crazy, in my opinion, and started jacking up poorly contested shots. I remember Maddox hit like was doing some like fadeaway jumper, and uh, um, uh, not uh, Caleb Love, no, but uh, R.J. Davis, the other Carolina guard, he was awful in the start of the second half. Man, he was just jacking up shots left and right, and again, a poorly taken shot really doesn't give your defense time to get set. And to give Kansas credit, we come out in the second half, we, we, we let momentum get us down, and we took a lot of pitiful shots. They didn't go in. And all of a sudden you go from a 15-point lead to, oh, shit, we're down. We're up five. We're up two. Uh, now we're down. And I remember even on my phone, we were down six with ten minutes to go. So, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. We had a hell of a year. But for the game last night, they really did, Chris, lose their focus when the second half started. Kansas regained their confidence. And then you had a, a really tight battle down the stretch. Well, you did the whole thing. We might as well wrap up the show. Sorry. I just asked Sorry. you how you're it's doing emotional. the next fucking day. For Christ <laughs> My bad, brother. How are you doing, Marshall? I'm doing all right, man. I mean, you know, I'm not – I'm going to break down the whole damn game. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. No, but I see what you're saying. I wanted to stay right at that first point. Um, I thought you were drunk. Here, I took all these goddamn notes because I figured you'd be drunk and emotional, which I would be too. 
And then I would break down the notes, and then I'd feed it to you. How are you feeling at this time? And then you'd add in the detail. You just fucking went down the whole goddamn thing. Um, but that's okay. That's all right. You're, you're, you know, that's cool. Um, but I, I see what you're saying with that because if it was just, and I'm in backing it up to the Duke thing in the Final Four, right? Sure. Now, yes, if sir. it was just. Duke in the final four straight up and Coach K was going to be here for another decade. I think you may look at it a little bit different, but I see what you're saying, right? It, it never happens. So that is something that's like, Hey, we got you, especially a Duke team that, you know, by the time we got to New Orleans, a lot of people thought they were going to win the championship, not just because Coach K, but just in general, they had the, you know, on paper, it's like favorite. they had, yep. So, you know, I get it. I mean, the, I would probably argue a little more if it wasn't Coach's K last run. Sure. In theory. But, yeah, man, I, I see where you're going with that. And that makes a lot of sense. And I could see how what just happened back-to-back times, you know, for Coach K to go out and lose to North Kakalaka twice at home and then in the Final Four – yeah, I see what you're saying, and it is worth it. And you guys have a bunch of national championships, so it's easier to say that, too. And, like you Agreed. said, the A-seed, the, the last five weeks, they put it all together. This wasn't a Cinderella story, but it would have been talked a lot more like that if this was just a pretty decent program. You know, the fact that it's North Carolina, by the time you get to, you know, the into the tournament and you guys start, you know, like the resume to get there is phenomenal and just what you had to go through. And so I understand what you're saying. It would have, I think it would have gotten even more attention for North, not, not the matchup, but North Carolina as a, Oh my God, an eighth seed, but it just doesn't feel like an AC because we know North Carolina so well. And let's talk just a little bit. Obviously, um, what's that dude's name? Baycott, the, that big old center is it? Bay, yes. Baycott or whatever. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, twenty-one boards, twenty-one boards, twenty-three boards in the semifinals. You know, for him to come out gimpy. Uh, first of all, I would like him as the center for my Minnesota Timberwolves. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the gimpiness right there was like, man, because that's a that's a huge thing, and it was huge. In pretty much all these games, and just the bigs in general and the second chance points, Kansas actually through that first four minutes were up nine to three, and at the thirteen thirty mark, North Carolina was you know twelve to eleven, and then they just broke this thing pretty much wide open. They were making the extra pass, and not just making the extra pass, Marshall. This is something I noticed throughout a lot of these games. The speed in which the pass was getting there, too, was like, damn, dude, they are moving the fuck out of the ball, and it's landing with the open shot or the hot hand, whichever. But the second chance points, uh, six offensive rebounds uh, down the stretch there in the, in the first half equal to 14 points. It was like, golly, you look at the Kansas ball problem, it was like, man, this is getting ugly. And sure enough, forty to twenty-five, 
uh, Kansas had gone in a five five minute thirty five second field goal drought to close. It was looking ugly. Like you said, though, the run was going to come. They came out a lot more aggressive overall. Um, pretty soon, it was forty six forty five. And since at the 12.54 mark, and overall Kansas had made a 20-6 run in the second half, the points in the paint, uh, UNC not just taking bad shots, but the, the amount of turnovers, too. Um, they had five or six turnovers fairly early. It was all tied up, though. Well, Kansas kind of went over the top 55-50 to 50 with an N one, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this might this might get out of hand the other way, but um, UNC came right back, tied it up 57-57 at the eight-minute mark. Um, like you said, Kansas pushed ahead by four with four minutes left. North Carolina was up freaking by a point, 69-68, under two minutes. Then with 60 seconds left or like 55 seconds left, Kansas was up 70-69. to just a whole lot of back and forth uh, down the stretch. And, um, you know, when, when uh, what's his tells Baycott went down again, there was a four-on-five that Kansas messed up. They messed up there, Marshall. And, oh, boy, stepped out of bounds to give another look at it. I couldn't believe it. I don't – I was trying to think, when is the last time I saw someone – with not a like it wasn't there was this defender that was driving him out of bounds or something like that. There was somebody by him. No, don't get me wrong, and he was on his hip, but the dude just ran out of bounds two times. His right foot and then later his left foot. It's like, dude, what are you doing? And sure enough, it gave North Carolina um, another you know hope there. But you know at like the. 18 seconds, 17 seconds, somewhere in that range, they're jacking threes. I think that's kind of the, the Steph Curry effect. We saw that with Jordan when everyone's trying to, you know, take over the whole game in a different way, you know, driving and trying to flip it up backwards like Jordan with their tongue out. Um, they did jack some shots too much. Now, don't get me wrong, the guards had a lot to do with why they got there. and It wasn't like they were always open shots. They were just knocking stuff down. But it did feel kind of heat check early. But, yeah, the ball movement wasn't there as much. And the aggressiveness and the points in the paint all of a sudden was there for Kansas. But I did like North Carolina, their ball movement basically through the whole tournament and down the stretch. That ball was whistling, man. Uh, But you're right. They overachieved. And they got to the point where they did the thing against Duke. And so I, I understand your point when it comes to that. And I, I'd have to say I, I agree with you there. I, I definitely would agree with you. It's Like I said, it's easier to say that when you already have, you know, so many championships. And like you said, the overachievement of this team, um, you know, it, it, really, uh, it really was a hell of a run, man. If they would have closed this thing out, that resume from the Duke win on, like the first Duke win at, you know, in, um, at Durham. Duke. Yeah, Durham. Yeah. Um, from there on, the amount of teams that were like, it was a hell of a run just on paper when you look at what they would have had to gone through to get that chip. 
Yeah, and, you know, I saw – I was on Twitter uh, checking it uh, on the way home from my softball game tonight coaching, and there was, like, a huge reception of Tar Heel fans, and, like, there was a lot of positive. Now, obviously, it's probably from Tar Heel people, but, like, everyone's like, hey, you had a hell of a season. And, I mean, in, in reality, like, you know, again, you go from a team that's on the strong bubble to making it to the championship and losing by three – like, you know, the, again, as a sports fan, I'm, well, and obviously I'm, I'm not even a player. I, I, I'm sure the players last night were devastated. Like, I'm sure they wanted to win. But when you put stuff in perspective, it, 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 for a team that I'm sure almost, well, I'm sure some people thought they'd lose to Marquette. And then I'm sure a, a majority of Americans picked them to lose to Baylor. I'm sure most analysts did too. Like, hey, you had, you had a hell of a season. But it's just weird because, yeah, Carolina. Hey, you team, didn't even pick them. No, not remember no. UCLA. It was UCLA, right? That's yeah, what you yeah, in UCLA again. I I didn't think they'd beat UCLA, you know. And then you start getting momentum, like well, against Duke, you never know. That was coin flip. But hey, overall, again, looking past last night's tough loss to Swallow because you were up 15. But with with way basketball goes now, man, I know. And again, I'm not saying that they should have blown the lead, but 15 points nowadays in basketball, you hit a couple threes, get some transition. When it, when it gets into single digits, all of a sudden that 15-point lead don't matter that much anymore. So, yeah, I know it, it, I'm sure there's some record for it, and it's embarrassing and is what it is. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought they had a hell of a season. Um, Caleb Love, I mean, he, he hit clutch shots against Duke. He hit clutch shots against UCLA. He hit clutch shots against Baylor. He, he improved his draft stock. I, I'm not sure if the guy's the lottery pick, but – I would like to think from the way, from the term he had, he was going to be, uh, he's going to be an NBA player. And as you said, Baycott, man, I, and I was telling my best friend about this today. If he doesn't, if his ankle doesn't give out there, Baycott's dribbling the ball. Uh, he, has, he has a post up advantage. If he hits a bucket yeah. there, we're, we're up with like 30 to 40 seconds to go. And then we have a great chance, but you know, and the guy, you could tell the whole night he was playing gimping, but he, he went out yeah. there and had a, a really solid double double, but that ankle finally yeah, came out on him again. Still, yeah, yeah. So if if that ankle doesn't pop there or you know crumble or whatever, it slip. Right. Okay, and we score there. Okay, we got to deal up one more time. We win the game. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a it was a very fun game to watch. And hey, to give Kansas credit, this is a school who's had a. a, a fair share of moments of just yeah. having meltdowns. And, and actually I told my buddies, I, I even realized in the, even, even in the elite eight that a lot of Kansas teams, Chris, have had a lot of like lottery NBA players and like top end guys. And this team seemed different to me because they didn't really, I don't think that that Okabaji is going to be a top five pick, but they right. shot the three ball really well, the whole tournament. And this is a Kansas team that normally has a bunch of, like, high-end players who are going to be in the NBA and kind of choke and fall away in March. But this team, man, whether it was the Villanova game, whether it was the second half against Miami, or whether it was against the second half against last night against Carolina, yeah, they, they hit a ton of threes. Like, shit. That, I was like, you know, this actually is a good – Kansas yeah, they didn't last team. night, but yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah. overall, but you know, they, they they made the plays that mattered, and down the stretch, mm-hmm. they hit a couple of dagger threes where Carolina was too close to or too slow to close out. Um, and uh, you know, we we obviously broke the game game down pretty well, but I will say one thing that did bite Carolina is they they made a deep run 
with the with the players we've mentioned that they're pretty much their starting five. But man, last night with a little bit of foul trouble and, and Baycott um, really dinged up, it, it went to show. Man, when when you're only six deep, ooh, like I felt like every time. A, a yeah, sub, you just got Johnson. You just got something from Johnson. Yeah, that's about it. You know? I, I mean, man, good, you know, in that time frame. Yeah, but shit, you know, like even in the Duke game and Kansas game. Anytime you any any time a starter went out, it's like uh oh. But you know you, you ride you ride with you know you go to war with the horses you rode in on, or you you ride with who got you there. But man, nor, nor, normally Chris, a, a team that makes the Final Four championship is eight deep. We were like five and a half, six. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like yeah, that's why I'm at when I at the jam. Like, dude, I know Love Love and Davis had a rough night last night. They kind of fell apart a little bit, but. We're also not in the championship game if not for Love and Davis. So, uh, right. What a what a what um what a fun game. And again, I'll give Kansas credit. This, again, this is a school who's been a one seed ten times under Bill Self, and they have one title now. Now two. So to give them credit, they've had their fair share of moments in March that they probably think are you know re- regrettable. But you know, they they beat they beat a blue blood in Kansas. They in uh, Carolina. And they beat a Villanova team who wasn't quite at full strength, but still a very gritty, tough squad who's probably been in the top ten consistently ranked um, throughout the whole year. And even to give them credit, they played a lot of team ball last night too. Because, and I mean, I, I was obviously more focused on my Tar Heels, but I, it, it felt like when Kansas made their run, it wasn't one guy being super hot. It was like, damn, every guy who was stepping up was in a shot. They kind of had a, a, a very um, Collective team effort overall, too, Chris. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that. It's a great segue because this is by stats by stats. Tonight's championship game is the only non-overtime game in the last 25 years of D1 basketball to feature at least 10 double-figure scorers in five double-doubles, NCAA tournament or otherwise. Yeah, and it's like, Man, now that you think about it, you're like, yeah, nobody shot, you know, nobody put up 28, you know, but you're also like, yeah, I suppose, dude. And you start to look at the box score and you're like, there actually was a ton of double figures in double doubles in general. And then one that, you know, we haven't talked about it, but it does hurt a little bit. The largest deficit that Kansas, you know, that overcame was prior to to the 16-point trail at half. It was all the way back to 1963. Loyola Chicago came back from 15 points. Kansas uh, got their – they got it out the mud, like the kids like to say. They got it out the mud this time. And they were kind of a get-it-out-the-mud type of team. You're right. They didn't have a Wiggins or an Embiid or, you know, or two sure. <laughs> you know, together. You know, you're right. It's, it's a good point. Um, and by the way, um, before we wrap up the show, because it's going to be a quick one tonight, we're going to take just a minor little break. Um, but by next, you know, not not far from now, <laughs> we transition right into NBA playoffs. We call it the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. We figure a lot of people, uh, you know, that like college hoops. A lot of people would be like, hey, why not just a lot of people just transfer right in to the NBA playoffs? 
And so it's not this weekend, but next weekend, beyond the playoff stuff, the NBA kicks in. So we may just have a show uh, this week, this this coming Monday. Maybe we'll do it the next Monday. We're not totally sure how we're going to do that yet, but I did want folks to remember, stay with us all the way through the NBA playoffs into June with the finals. Um, Draft-wise, sometimes we have a draft show, sometimes not. Sometimes we just chatter about it. And, of course, like on our in our like in the early July, when the free agency starts to pop off and the trades start to pop off, then we generally do at least one free agency show. So sometimes we kind of mix that first free agency and talk a little draft. Kind of matters what happens uh, as far as activity as well. So that's the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. As we know, Sunday is the last uh, day of the NBA regular season. The playoff games or play-in games are Tuesday through Thursday. And then Saturday, the playoffs start. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Just wanted to uh, remind folks about that. Any other items that you'd like to talk about? You know, it's funny. I heard uh, the St. Peter's coach obviously got a new job, and good for him, right, at Seton Hall, I think it is. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. But what I heard or heard and saw on, on college basketball Twitter, I guess you could say, um, all of a sudden I'm hearing, oh, three players from St. Peter's are in the transfer portal. See, this is what's wrong with it. It's like, dog, their fucking coach just left. So this is not the transfer portal. When 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 coaches left in college basketball, plenty of folks have left before for players. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but these players prove that they can play on a higher level in the actual tournament. So to sit there and not rip the coach, which you shouldn't rip the coach because he's going to a you know he's going to the Big East. But to sit there and rip the three players that won in the transfer portal, see, this is what's wrong. You know, go F yourself, dude. These guys just proved on the highest level, and we're talking about Kentucky, a team that both me and my co-host and one of our brackets had them winning, and plenty of people had them winning. It's just crazy to sit there and go after these kids. It's like, dude, they're going, they're transferring out. Their coach just left. It's just, I had to get that off my chest. One last transfer portal thing. It's like, you know, there's there's issues with the transfer portal. We get it. It's at the end of the season, though. They didn't hold out during the, during the tournament, you know. They didn't say, oh, no, I'm in the transfer portal. They did it once their coach left. Like, what's the fucking problem? It's just, it's crazy to me. But anyway, sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Any other items before we wrap this puppy up, sir? Uh, uh, no, I mean, hey, again, I, I got to watch, and my, my mom flew down. It, it was that Carolina Duke game. That's all I'll never forget. Um, I know it was a yeah. national title game, but uh, that was a game where I thought Carolina was going to win five different times, and I thought we were going to lose five different times. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I see there's a lot of very cleverly made shirts that I'm going to need to purchase online of, like, one is, like, Coach K getting rolled into a coffin by, like, uh, Hubert Davis, like the Tar Heel mascot, so uh, I I might I might have real some classy, nice war- uh, real classy. yeah, or uh, it could be some very clever uh, Tar Heel gear to wear next year. 
Um, I, so one, I guess just one side note, and this one might surprise people a little bit, but for next year, um, the very early ESPN, you know, go ahead poll, but actually Arkansas is the number one team in college basketball next year for the early poll because they have three McDonald's all Americans coming in. So yeah, in about three or four years, we're going to find out how the hell those McDonald's (laughs) came in. Yeah. 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 But for, but for, for the time, allegedly. Yeah, all that so, uh, but hey, Muslim, I, I always rip the guy for not being able to coach much of an offense, but you bring in three All-Americans, I don't know much offense he got coached. I, I, those boys won't be able hey, to I was hurt on their own. Mus. I was looking for Must for the, at the Minnesota Gophers job, I'll tell you that. He was top of my list, or not top, but pretty close to it, um, when it was and, rumored and all that. So, uh, Arkansas. Shit. Okay, and then for NBA, we, we love our NBA playoff podcast. One thing we've always talked about every NBA playoff podcast is always LeBron James. I'm not saying we won't talk about LeBron, but unless there's a absolute meltdown by Popovich, LeBron James ain't going to the playoffs. I I just yeah, let that settle in. And the Lakers do not have a first round draft pick. I believe until twenty twenty eight. Well, so, yeah. if you go LA, both football and basketball teams, I don't think they combined have a first round pick till like <laughs> night to two thousand seventy two or something like that. But let's not get into that shit. Let's close this down. <laughs> go ahead and get us out of here so we get hit under that thirty minute mark, sir. It, it was a great run by the Tar Heels. I'm proud of them. Hey, we'll, we'll, the boy, I, I hope some of those boys come back next year. I don't know. But if they go pro, it was a hell of a run. I was, it was fun to watch. A great Final Four. Coach K, see if you, if you pull Tom Brady, we'll beat your ass again next year. The boys are out. Have a good one. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.